0: That's the hardest thing that we're dealing with about behavior, health, and emotional stress and traumatic stress that we see, is getting them to open up. They don't want to be seen as being weak.
1: Enchanted Sky Media Media. los angeles this is code three the firefighters podcast hosted by award-winning journalist scott Orr. code three features interviews with leading members of the fire service discussing firefighting strategy tactics and other topics you need to know more about now here's scott that's right and i will not let parkinson stop me thank you for joining me again here on code three One of the most important responsibilities of a leader is to take care of their crew. That means if you're a company officer, you need to be aware of your crew member's emotional states. Now, we've all heard that the job can lead to PTSD, and I certainly hope that you accept that. It's proven and it's a fact, just like falling from a ladder can cause a broken arm or leg. As a leader, it's your job to be looking for signs of emotional trauma. Then you can take steps to help. My guest to explain how to do that is Jared Meeker. He's a fire chief in the Combination Department in upstate New York and has over 30 years' experience in the fire service. He teaches incident command skills for fire officers and career survival skills for all first responders. And Jared Meeker joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you here. Let's start with the basics. What kinds of signs that a member is having emotional trauma should the leader be aware of?
0: There's many signs out there to to keep an eye on your firefighters. That's the biggest thing is, A, to take the time to to keep an eye on your firefighters. We in this fire service see way too many bad things. And because of that, we're never really trained properly on how to deal with it. So when you're affected by it you don't understand how to handle it and so you try to, to you try to let your coping skills and your in and, and just the time are the two things that you try to, to to deal with every day on on a on a subject when as a leader you need to start looking out for your people and when, when the people kind of, when they start telling you that they're having trouble sleeping or they're having nightmares or they're reliving an incident, that's one of the key signs. Another one is they'll go into hiding. You know, they'll come back from a call. They won't sit at the kitchen table. They will go off on a separate room or they'll leave the firehouse. There's many different things out there. There's that reoccurring. Distressing memories of the event will go over and over. You know, you can't sleep. You're always thinking about it. Somebody who's always a calm, cool person could have irritability and have those angry outbursts. Or there's those two bad ones that we talk about is the drinking and the unprescription drugs is using them way too much because they're trying to deal with it in a way that they think they can deal with it.
1: Now, we know that a lot of firefighters aren't going to come forward to ask for help when they experience trauma. How do you suggest that a captain, a lieutenant, and another officer bring it up? biggest thing you're going to do is you're going to notice
0: something has changed in that person. Or the first ones that are going to see it are the spouses or close friends or partners. Maybe they'll tip you off and say, hey, You know, so-and-so is just not acting right. He's acting completely different. So the biggest thing to do is just to sit down with them, explain to them what you see, what has changed, and then try to figure out what they're dealing with and then being able to help them once they open up. Once you start talking to them and once you start to getting them open up, make sure you really take the time to listen don't interrupt them because once they get going, let them go.
1: So, I gather they're not looking for a solution from you, at least at first. They're just looking for someone to listen to them.
0: Yeah, that's why peer support teams work so well because it's people that have been around in the fire service, EMS service for a great period of time and they've dealt with a lot of things and they've a lot of good the peer support teams out there now have the ability and a lot of good training out there to uh, just to sit down and start talking to you and over a cup of coffee. Having somebody there to talk to really gets usually gets the person to open up a little bit. Sometimes they won't open
1: up to a supervisor. So once they do open up, what can we say back to them? Biggest thing is that know that you're going to be there for them.
0: You're going to be there. You're going to help them through the incident. The most important thing is everything that they say is going to be confidential. You are not going to spread it around the kitchen table. Everything that you talk about and deal with has to be done in confidence.
1: Once you've heard the story from your firefighter, where do you go with that? Do you just hang on to it and keep it in your back pocket and watch for future problems? Or do you go to someone in, in higher authority? Or what do you do? I think it depends on the severity of
0: the incident. You know, if they're if they're into acute stress where they're not sleeping, post-traumatic stress where they're reliving it just, for weeks and weeks and months upon months, and they're reliving it, then you know that you need to get some professional help involved. If it's little things, EAP programs, clergy can help. Peer support teams are good for helping. There are many different avenues. I think it depends on the severity of
1: it. That makes sense. Now, how, in your experience, how did the firefighters that have these problems deal with the stigma they feel like they're going to get from their coworkers about this.
0: That's the hardest thing that we're dealing with about behavior health and emotional stress and traumatic stress that we see is getting them to open up. They don't want to be seen as being weak. They don't want to be seen as, oh, an incident like this bothered me when sometimes it bothers some people and it doesn't bother others. So that was the hardest thing to get, is to get somebody to open up and get past that stigma. It's okay. It's okay to talk about it. And the more that we get to talk about it on podcasts like this and articles that are out there written about it, is the more we can get that younger generation to talk about it and understand that it's okay it's okay to talk about it at the kitchen table.
1: Now, when you're talking about an officer who is fairly newish at the job, who sees some of these signs in a firefighter, in your experience, how do they react? The toughest thing on the younger
0: officers, they, if they don't understand how to deal with it, then they're going to stand back. But at any point in your career, if somebody comes to you and, t- and saying that they're having some type of a problem, whether it be sleep or, or even a personnel problem, it's your responsibility as a leader in your organization or a leader of your crew to do what you can to help that person the best that you need
1: to your ability. All right, now, if you are, say, feeling that you don't have the skill set to deal with it, can you then suggest that they get professional treatment, or is that seen as handing it off to somebody else? When, which would be a sign, maybe, that you don't care. I don't think it's a part where you don't care, and you can
0: always, as you're dealing with it or talking with them, it's a point where you always make sure that they know that you care, know that you can contact them 24 hours a day, knowing that you're there, going, you're going to help them through the whole process from the beginning to the end. But you leaders only have certain levels of training in this topic. So you're always going to or almost always going to refer them up to different people for different layers depending on the severity. And that can be to the EAP program. It can be to licensed clinicians in in your area. Or it can be the peer support teams. There's many different avenues out there, and the clinicians and the therapists have many different treatments that are out there that can
1: help. Jared, what's your experience with PTSD symptoms been like? I'm one of those guys, if you and I sat down at a kitchen table
0: and talked about our jobs that we ran in the last 30 years, you'd be one of those guys that said, you know... You've been to a lot of good calls. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I look at it as no, I've been to a lot of bad calls. And I can remember as 19 years, as a 19 year old kid, my very first fire fatality and not understanding how to deal with it. And I remember shortly after it was a car accident and another death and not being able to understand how to deal with it. And I remember an old timer telling me, kid, you're going to see a lot of bad things in this fire service.
1: You either get over it, or maybe this fire service isn't for you. Right, which is what they all used to say, and that's exactly the wrong thing to say. Correct. So I, I filed things away, and unfortunately,
0: it's actually three years ago yesterday, uh, while driving my fire chief Tahoe down the road, I had a 13-year-old autistic boy sprint across the road without looking. Oh, no. And unable to stop in time, I struck the boy. And he didn't make it. And everything that I tried to deal with that situation, the same way I had dealt with every traumatic fire fatality, motorcycle crash, car crash, I tried to deal with it the exact same way. And it just ate me up inside. And... I always just expected that time and my coping skills were going to help me through it, and it never did. And months and months and months go by, and I'm not getting any better, and things are getting worse. And it wasn't until I, I, I reached out to a phone number called Share the Load Program, and they were the first ones to be able to steer me in the right direction because I just wasn't getting any better. And I I liked who I was before the incident and I didn't like who I was becoming at this point.
1: So at that point you were able to work with those folks to overcome at least some of this trauma? I researched, found a therapist in my area that worked with
0: EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And through many, many, many visits I was able to slowly get better and in, and just because you're working with a therapist the easiest way I want to explain that is when you go to bed at night you usually can't fall asleep until your mind gets done processing the day's events when you have post traumatic stress in your life your brain is trying to process it at night Before you go to sleep, and you can't. So it starts, starts the process, starts to, runs the process, it can't, starts over. Starts and runs, tries tries to process it, and it can't. That is the point where you need professional help for a therapist to get into your mind. Whatever symptoms or whatever therapy, the choice they use, all it is is trying to finish the processes in your brain that aren't complete. And that's all that is.
1: And at that point, you're able to move on, or does it still come back occasionally and remind you of what happened? I think about it every day. What I have now is I
0: have the resources to... It's a sad event in my life. There's a lot of events, uh, traumatic injuries or traumatic calls that I went on that are events in my life, and I just... I now look at it as an event in my life. It doesn't consume me depression-wise to the point where it did in three years ago.
1: It's good to hear that you've been able to get some relief from the traumatic symptoms. Glad to hear that. Those were some great tips that I'm hoping that young officers will be able to put into practice. And, Jared Meeker, thanks for joining me today on Code 3. Thanks for having me, sir. Greatly appreciate it. So, what did you think of Jared's advice? And talk about a tragic story. You can leave your comments on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash traumatic. There's links to more information there as well, so check it out. And there's more with Jared Meeker available right now for supporters who pledge $10 a month or more at our Patreon page. It's part of our Bull Session material. Extra content for listeners who kick in some money to keep Code 3 going. Head over to Code3Podcast.com support to pledge, become a patron, and get instant access. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.